0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Florian Camberry isn't interested in another loan move. Is Chris Iyer set for a move away from Celtic? And Mickey Mellon's excited about his return to Scotland as Dundee United boss. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Guidi. Yeah, plenty to talk about tonight. Um, Alison, lots of uh, stuff there. And the bulletin, transfer stuff, new manager in. Um, at the Premiership at Dundee United. Um, so, yep, and day... 438 of the lockdown and with the season just three weeks away now we're all getting a bit excited and, and looking forward to trying to get a bit of a normality so we get the calls in tonight lots to get into Absolutely you can give us a call tonight on 01419511025 or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB Now first of all I want to clarify something from last night's show fans with virtual season tickets will be able to watch every home game from their club we were given inf- different information which we wrongly reported fans opting for pay-per-view won't be able to watch games which are on Sky through club channels on that day if they're in the UK but Mark if they've got a virtual season ticket they will be given access to every home game whether it's on Sky or not yeah that, that uh, clears it up and um, it, it lets the supporters of any club um, know what, yeah. they're, what they're getting for their money and it's important that um, they, they think they're getting some sort of uh, value. Clearly, it's not the value that, that you would expect. It's obviously an unprecedented situation and everybody's trying to make um, the best of it. Um, but it lets um, clubs know and let supporters know mm-hmm. exactly uh, where they stand. And um, hopefully sooner rather than later, their season ticket will enable them to get back into their grounds um, properly to, to cheer their team on. Absolutely. Well, Florian Camberry, we understand, will only consider returning to Rangers on a permanent deal. The striker, of course, switched to Ibrox back in January, trading places with midfielder Greg Doherty. He did upset the Easter Road support mark, of course, at that time when he was unveiled, saying that the Rangers support were the best fans in the world. And after that, Jack Ross did admit some of those comments might make a return to Easter Road slightly challenging. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously the, the, he, he set out his stall and um, you know went with Rangers. Obviously, that was a team that, that he'd gone um, and launched on loan to. Um, wanted to clearly in, ingratiate himself with the supporters, but there was nothing wrong um, with that. Yep. You know, trying to get yourself off to the best possible start. So that that's um, fine. But you, you know, there is the 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 chance that you you create a rod for your own back elsewhere if the if the move doesn't uh, become permanent or you can't get a move elsewhere and you actually need to go back to uh, your parent club as is the situation um, just now I don't know if Rangers will go for Camberry permanently I think it was it was decent for them but you know maybe Rangers are, are looking at uh, other options or, or or maybe not who who knows but um, certainly you would imagine um, by the start of the new season it probably be best certainly for for Camberry if um, if he can get out of Hibs and, and go and play somewhere else. Yeah, Hibs bottom from Grasshoppers around 100,000 back in 2018. He is going into the final year of his contract. So you can understand from the player's point of view why you really probably wouldn't be interested in another loan move. No, I, yeah, I mean, ideally now, particularly with the way things are um, in the world and the, the, the uncertainty about many uh, walks of life, that if you can go and get yourself a, a two-year permanent contract um, somewhere, then you really want to go... Um, and do that it gives you security lets you know where you're going to be for a couple of years so yeah you can totally understand Camberry looking for that but wanting something and actually getting it yeah. um, Alison two totally different things Stephen Gerrard will probably be looking 
to bolster his striking options. Mm. Competition for Morelos and Defoe or backup if one of them, probably Morelos, if one of the two of them was to go, it would be Alfredo Morelos. Other players have obviously been been linked with a move to Rangers as well. Obviously, Lyndon Dykes, Kima Roof as well. Yeah, um, Kima Roof, you know, a real quality striker, you know, from uh, Leeds United went to uh, to Belgium. Um, I mean, it points towards, I, I think that, you know, it could be a part of the ways between be, between Rangers uh, and, and Morelos. It might suit all parties. I don't know, Stephen Gerrard would, would know that, obviously, um, better than me. But, you know, I think if, if Rangers can get can get good money um, for him, it might you know, give him a chance to reinvest that back into the squad because I think probably Stephen Gerrard would say as well, he's maybe two or three, what you would call, first team ready. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's a squad there, but there's probably two or three, particularly with Morelos, um, as soldier, you need to go and get another, you know, real quality striker in. So yeah, I think there's still a bit of work to be done in the Rangers squad, and, and no doubt Ross Wilson, and Stephen Gerrard, and the Rangers board—they're all working t- uh, hard to try and get the the targets in. When you look at that Rangers squad, is a striker Stephen Gerrard's priority, yeah. or is he looking at the back as well? Obviously, that injury to Nikola Katic. Yeah. Uh, I think probably both positions, um, Alison. You know, um, a striker position. Um, and a central defender mm-hmm. position, and one thing that, again, that probably Stephen Gerrard's been been searching for, is that kind of ideal central defensive um, partnership. There was Holanda, and there, and there was Katic and, and Goldson, and, and um, one. So he's probably looking to try and find out. It's, it's really unfortunate for for Nick like Katic. That's yeah. a blow. Just just obviously for Rangers, but for for the lad as well. For it to happen in the training ground. Ah, he's, he's, you know, um, he's a great lad too. You know, a, a really nice um, fella. So you always feel for people like that when just, you know, you pick up an injury like that and you're ruled out five, six, seven months. Who knows? But it, it does create a problem um, for Stephen Gerrard. And, uh, you know, ideally, he'd want to go out and secure, um, you know, the best central defender um, that he can. And again, to come in and, and be first team ready and really push Hollander and, and, and really push uh, goals. And in terms for Rangers as well, yes, they're preparing for the new season, but they've also got that Europa League game. Yeah, by Leverkusen. Yeah, they've got to play that. Um, was it four weeks tonight, maybe yeah. or um, something like that? So, um, yeah, I mean, I was three-one down from the from the first leg. It, it's a real uh, tall order, but you could never rule anything out. I mean, Rangers' form away from home um, in Europe has been really, really good. Um, so uh, you'd fancy by a Leverkusen to get through, but I certainly wouldn't rule Rangers out. How much priority do you see Stephen Gerrard putting on that game? Obviously, it's massive as your Europa League tie. Yeah, but when you look at how massive the season ahead is as well, is it very difficult to juggle this? And it's something that a club's never been through before. Yeah, it is. It's one where, you know, again, you try and utilise your, your squad or, you know, at that stage of the season, Alison, he's probably wanting these main players to get competitive games under their belt because they might get, you know, three or four friendlies, bounce games between now um, and August the 1st mm-hmm. when Rangers have to go to Pataudry. Um But beyond that, so, you know, if it's me, you won't want to risk anybody. So if anybody picks up a niggle or a strain, you keep yeah. them out. But if the, if they're living that, that he trusts and, and and they start against Aberdeen and they get a result, and say, you know what? I want you to go again. I want the same eleven to go again. Then you got to go and do it. You know that's that's what players are there for. If you want to be playing for big clubs and you, you want to be winning things and you want to be successful, you've got to you've got to push yourself every now and again. Stephen Jenner is a classic example. Him is a player the way he would push himself week in. So he'll know that from his Rangers players and I'm sure um, every Rangers player that's here would want to play in that yeah. Bayer Leverkusen game, that's for sure. 0141951025 is the number you need. Mark in Partick's giving us a call. Hello Mark. 
Hi there. It's just a couple of points yeah. uh, about the signings. I mean, I don't think the signings Stephen Gerrard's after this season, for obviously next season, is good what they had any better than they had last season, like the guy Dykes and another couple. I mean, there's guys like St- Daniel Sturridge, he's a free agent. Uh, he said today that he's looking for an, a club, and obviously James Milner. I know Daniel Sturridge is 30 and James Milner's 34. But the the, the, the player Stephen Gerrard's bringing in and gaining them big wages and they're just failures. It's a better just gone for quality and see the squad players just to get the panel's thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what Rangers need to go and get, Mark. As I say, there's, there's a couple of first-team ready players, you know, you know, proper proper guys to get in there. I mean, I think there's, there's some terrific players at Rangers, but but they need to they need to improve, they need to get better, and need to add, you know, more quality, um, you know, as best they can, as close to the finished article um, as they can. Um, so I, I've, have I missed something today? Is James Milner leaving Liverpool, was he? Well, not leaving, but obviously there's been in papers that Rangers have been linked with him, and there's obviously people been talking about it. I, I no, don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not privy to that. Four year old. Yeah, but he's still a fantastic contributor, Matt, yeah. to, to to Liverpool. He's highly thought of by Jurgen uh, Klopp. He's a wonderful pro, and okay, yeah, he's 34, but you know, he looks as if he's got three or four years in him. No bother. He's just won the the, the league with Liverpool, so I'd be very very surprised if um, if James Milner is. Uh, is going to leave Liverpool, but when you mention guys like Milner and Sturridge, um, you know that's ideally the kind of quality that 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 um, Stephen Gerrard would want to bring straight into his first team. You know, not not guys to sit and warm the bench, guys to go in and make an impact and go and try and win the league this season. That's the kind of players that they need to find. Can I just come back in a minute as well? Sure. Well, there's obviously rumours that Daphne or James Daphne said last season that this was going to be his last season and Brighton and Newcastle's in for him. For four million, and you're talking about Golson going to Leeds or West Brom. I think this other team it was linked with Golson. I mean, that's when the narrative goes as well. You know what I mean, the, got, the two of them is going out the door. Yeah, I mean, but certainly one thing um, Rangers can't um, do or they want to avoid doing is selling before they've, they've, they've got they've got guys in. So you need to be very careful. So it's a fine balancing uh, act, Mark, and, and as well too what we. We don't know the transfer market in terms of uh, valuation of, of players. It's not really taken shape mm-hmm. yet um, because of COVID. You know, normally the tone's set um, elsewhere, and then it, it'll, you know, kind of trickle down to kind of leagues um, like ours. So uh, we need to make, make see it, it could work in in, in Rangers' favour, um, or or it might not. We 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 just don't know. It's all guesswork um, at the moment. But what we do know for in terms of Stephen Jerry, he just wants to get a couple of guys in as quickly as possible, get them settled in, and. You know, want them really to go for for Petodri on August the first. Thank you to Mark and Partick for his call. Mark, you know names that were mentioned there: Daniel Sturridge, James Milner. They are kind of coming to the the twilight years, I suppose. If you look yeah. at James Milner, how big an issue though are wages when it comes to players like this? As you said, just won the league with Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think look, if Rangers could get James Milner, it would be. An outstanding yeah. sign. I mean, okay, he doesn't play every week for Liverpool, but you know, there's a reason why there's, there's top quality there. But he'll fill in at left back. He'll play in the holding mm-hmm. midfield. He'll play it. He'll play it. Uh, he'll play it right back. He's a fantastic professional, and I'm sure if Stephen Gerrard thought it was a, a chance of getting him in any shape or form, uh, he would drive down to Liverpool, pick him up, and bring him up the road. But <laughs> like I say, there's no sig- to the best of my knowledge, there's yeah. no signals at Liverpool. You know, he's far mm-hmm. too important to yeah. him um, to let him uh, go. And then he say even. 
even if they were if they were saying actually we'll maybe let you go James or whatever I don't know you're, you're probably talking 80, 90, 100 grand a week if not more to go and get something like that so I think it would be a fantastic one for Rangers but, but I think it's unrealistic It comes back as well to, to issues that Celtic are having with say Fraser Forster he's on 90,000 a week Yeah I mean I, I, you know whatever players are, are earning um, good luck to them um, but yeah it does become uh, very very difficult but that is uh, a position that Celtic uh, need to address um, Neil Lennon you know will be desperate to get a number one in um, you know Scott Bain is a good solid um, number two backup but for me he's not a number one and I think Neil Lennon would um, would agree with that but you know just what we're saying it's difficult to actually go and uh, get uh, guys in that, that, that you think are going to help you um, go and win the league you know, they're not hard to find and then they're not you know generally they don't come cheaply um, either but certainly that is a a position at the moment that uh, will be a, a real cause for concern for Neil Lennon. David Marshall was one of the names being mentioned along uh-huh. with Joe Hart, but it looks yep. like he could be going to Stoke City. David Marshall? Yep. Yeah, they're in for him. Uh, I think David Marshall is a first-class goalkeeper. really like him. Um, you know, He's maybe about 35 now. He's you know, got 15 years at the highest level um, under his belt, 16 years. Um, so, yeah, I think if Celtic could get David Marshall, I think that would solve... Uh, the problems um, but whether a deal can be done or not I don't know would, would David Marshall rather come to, to play for Celtic um, or go to Stoke I don't know but I think his preference would be to, to come and play um, for Celtic but again it's a deal you need to go and try and uh, go over the line but but whoever it is they've got to be they've got to be glove ready to come in mm-hmm. uh, and play um, you know good understanding develop your central defenders and your full backs because if you look at what you're trying to replace in Fraser Foster, you look at Rangers, what they've got in Alan McGregor, it just, you know, and Neil Lennon knows this, they, you should never underestimate the importance yeah. of a goalkeeper. You know, a good one's worth 10, 12 points to your season. Craig in Moody's Burns giving us a call tonight. Hello, Craig. Hi, uh, good evening, guys. Hello. Yeah, just a couple of points. Um, I've, I've listened um, before about these reports linking Rangers with uh, Lyndon Dykes yeah. and... Um, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not in any way saying that I, I know what Rangers are up to, but what I like about what they've done this summer is that they've kept everything close to their chest. Um, you know, linked with the St Mirren goalie, everybody thought that was a done deal. And Joe uh, McLaughlin comes out of nowhere. In my opinion, London Dykes is the same kind of thing. It's paper talk, there's nothing in it. Um, I think if Defoe wasn't there potentially um, as a third option, with someone with, you know, progress, that could progress in a couple of years. But in my opinion, Stephen Gerrard won't sign anybody from the SPL because he's, he's had a look at like Sir Jordan Jones, Doherty, other players that Mark Allen brought in, and he, he doesn't fancy them. Um, for me, as, as possibly Lewis Ferguson as the only one that he would take a chance on. And in terms of players that I think he is after that's come out, um, little kind of whispers of things is Kimar Roof, who was at Leeds, um, went to Anderlecht and potentially looking to, to, uh, from what I've heard, like I said, I don't know, it's just fan forums, fans chat, Rangers have approached Anderlecht with a a similar deal to the Hadji deal, um, loan with the the option to buy. And another one I was just looking at there that's come out in a couple of days is Scott Olsen, um, the young Danish winger. So I think they, they are the more type of Steven Gerrard signings as opposed to somebody like London Dykes and you know these other names that are getting bandied about. As I say, potentially Lewis Ferguson, but I think Rangers are absolutely fine midfield-wise. 
Um, I like Lewis, I like Lewis Ferguson, Craig, and you, you used the phrase. You know, um, yeah. you used the phrase there that you know Stephen uh, Jarvett would, would you know potentially take a chance on on Lewis, Lewis Ferguson. Yeah. Let me tell you, you're not you're not taking a chance if you sign Lewis Ferguson. You're, you're getting okay a, a young midfielder with a lot of potential, but you're getting somebody that's ready. In my opinion, to go and play for Rangers. So there's no there's no you know there's no major risk element uh, in signing. Um, he's got the ability. He's certainly got the the, the mentality. Good, uh, good professional. It's again. It's just you know, if you do want to go and get him, you know, going trying to get a um, a deal done. Um, but certainly, Lewis Ferguson, I think, would be a fantastic addition t- um, to the Rangers um, first team. Who, who's the the Danish winger? I didn't catch the name, Craig. Who was the Danish winger? It's Scovolson. Scovolson. It's Scovolson. Um, he went to Bologna and he's not settled. Right. Okay. Um, I think I think Gerard went over to have a look at him before he went right. to Bologna. Okay. With Mark Allen. Um, I think it's Andreas Scovolson, if I'm right. correct. I don't. I, I, to be honest, it's a name that I'm not um, familiar um, right. with. But you said, you yeah. know, certainly Stephen Gerrard likes his he likes his wingers. He, he likes his his wide players, as you say. He brought in a couple last summer, didn't really uh, work out. So yeah, maybe you're, maybe there, there could be something in that. Yeah. Lyndon Dykes is a player that has been linked with Rangers. Mark, the, the fans don't seem. Completely won over by this, as as one of our marker first caller tonight was saying, they want tried and tested players mm-hmm. going into such a big season. How much of a risk is it to take a player like Lyndon Dykes, who did impress last season for Livingston in in the in the Scottish Premiership? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, you know, you look at the history of SPFL when when Rangers have signed um, strikers, you know, you you, you look to. Like you know, Chris Boyd, they got him um, from Kilmarnock. You know, going back to Kenny, Kenny Miller. Um, you know, look at Stephen Thompson, and, and you look at strikers. You know, they they can work out very well. We should never be, you know, Stephen Naismith from yep. Kilmarnock as well. We should never be overly critical of, of our own product. I mean, there's a lot of good players out there. But I think if 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 Alfredo Morelos is staying, and it's Alfredo Morelos and Defoe, and you're bringing in Lyndon Dykes, in, I, I can see it. But you know, without knowing what, what Rangers' budget is, but you know, you know. It'll, it'll be tight Naturally it's going to be tight mm-hmm. Because of the, the, the circumstances uh, Around the planet Just now So I think if you're If you're looking at one shot You've got to try and bring in Somebody That's ready Or if you're going to sell Morelos If there's a real good bid Comes in from you think Okay we'll, we'll, we'll go and get You know A proper number nine And then we'll go We can bring in Lyndon Dykes as well And, and that gives us a bit of Variety So it really I, I think a, a lot depends On what's going to happen With Alfredo Morelos um, Alison yep. as to what Rangers do in the striking department because if they sell Morelos and they could go out what, what was available they might be able to go and spend a few million quid on, on somebody to come in if they don't then it, you know they might be looking at somebody at, at four or five hundred grand or yeah, seven or eight hundred grand so yeah so I, I think a lot depends on that and that's why you know I'm sure that Stephen Gerrard has held private conversations with Alfredo Morelos he'll know the lie of the land and exactly what you know what the player's thinking and what he'd like to do so it's one that I think we'll, we'll just need to keep a keep an eye on. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi here with me. Alison Conroy through until seven o'clock tonight on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark, it's been great tonight that we're actually been talking about players, transfer speculation, transfer news, rather uh-huh. than arguing about 
fixtures and who will play in what league and compensation and legal battles? Mm, well, still, still a bit to go. <laughs> I just don't still, just, still, still a bit to I go. No, I, I think it, it's good that, you know, um, what was it, a fortnight and Saturday the league starts? Is that right? First of August, yeah. Yeah, fortnight and Saturday? Mm-hmm. No. No, three weeks, Saturday, three, weeks, three, weeks, three weeks and Saturday. Three weeks and Saturday. I'm getting ahead of myself. Three weeks and Saturday. So, thinking. yeah, um, you know, when you think for for the players and 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 support, and obviously supporters won't be get get into the ground for a wee while yet. But um, it's been four months now, um, Alison. And a long the, time. The, you mentioned all this stuff there, but my God, it's kept us all going. You know, <laughs> in, in some shape or form, um, it's kept us all going. Maybe not all for the right reasons, but it's kept us going. Um, and now we can see the the, the football. You know, the, the English stuff's on down the road now, so we can watch that. And we're seeing stuff, you're seeing a couple of signings, you're seeing a couple of players leaving, you're seeing a bit of speculation, as you say. So it's good, it's just, it's wetting the appetite. It's wetting the appetite um, for, for what's coming, because it's going to be, I think it's going to be one hell of a season, one way or another. Yeah, you can feel it already ramping up yep. with the, the yep. kind of, the banter, as we put it. Um, the, banter. the banter. Is it banter, is that what it is? We'll, is we'll it call banter? it banter, yes, <laughs> we'll call it that, you know, on both sides, because it's a massive season. Equally probably massive for Celtic and Rangers. Oh, as you know, you either you win ten or or or, or you stop ten. Um, I remember working back in the days when um, when when Rangers won mm-hmm. nine in a row up at the Tannadice. Uh, Brian Loudrop scored. Charlie Miller um, cross and Brian Loudrop scores. Nineteen ninety seven and Rangers going for the ten under under Walter Smith. Um, halfway through the season, um, it's announced that Walter's you know stepping down and Dick Advocate's coming in and Rangers didn't win the league last day of the season. Um, Celtic beat St Johnson Henry Last and Harold Bratback so um, and that that team has been remembered and I think it's like Ian Durant's said a couple of times um, in interviews and I think it's you know it's a real fair point that he makes it's it's almost as if and he was there he was you know one of the few players that, that was there right through nine mm-hmm. in a row for, um, for Rangers that um, that they kind of won in the nine titles was not forgotten about but there was it just didn't feel the same because they didn't get the 10 yeah. and it's like Celtic all the praise for like one and one and stopping 10 but the, the, the nine was you know and he says and, and it might be the same for Celtic you know you, all the all the work that goes into getting nine mm-hmm. but if this Rangers team stops 10 and become I mean, they'll, they'll just go into folklore it, it, it's legendary status for Steven Gerrard and the players and likewise for for the for Neil Lennon and his players to get it. Um, so yeah listen we all, we all know um, what's happening? We all know what's going on, and um, you know I think we're in for a for a brilliant um, thirty-eight game season. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number. Alec and Parkheads on the line. Hello, Alec. Hi, Alison. Hi, Mark. Hi, Alec. Uh, I you're saying Mark's good that we're talking about football. Uh, I was just excited when the when the fixtures get released, and then little behold, I'm listening to the show, uh, and Monday, and it's all about you know. The first old firm game and whatever else. We but own that, you know. Uh, uh, it, it pains me to say it, but Rangers uh, battled Celtic at the New Year game, and that was at Park Kid. And then obviously, you know, they played well at the Cup final. Obviously, I know Celtic won it, but it wasn't the, the Celtic Rangers games that lost Rangers the league. It was the, the other games in between then. Mm-hmm. And uh, just on, you know, the talk of the Scottish Cup for last season. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's great that you know that we're hopefully going to get the opportunity to get that played. Uh, I know that we've got Aberdeen. Hopefully we can win that and then, you know, if we were to play Hibs or Hearts in the final, you know, again, to dream a, a quadruple treble, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, you know, it, it's it's crazy. 
and then just touching on the Fraser Foster thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if the Scottish Cup got something running, and, and, and I think it will, um, you know, Alex, there's, there's certainly a willingness from, from the SFA, it's their flagship tournament. There's obviously contractual obligations to, to, to William Hill, the sponsor, to to uh, Premier Sports, uh, the TV channel, and, um, you know, I don't know how it all stands, but certainly it would be more beneficial to get them uh, to get them played and to give everybody uh, what they're due. And there's also a, a chance for one or four clubs to win that. But a silver, whether it's Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts or Hibs transferred for two sets of teams to play in a cup final um, for as you say either Celtic to win 12 domestic trophies on the trot or for Jack Ross or, or Robbie Nielsen or Derek McInnes to be a manager that wins a, a piece of silverware and, and, and stops it not that stopping Celtic win the quadruple treble will be in their mind it'll just be actually winning a trophy for Jack Ross to get his first major piece of silverware for Robbie Nielsen Derek McInnes has won the League Cup at Aberdeen so it's a chance to add another trophy so yeah the Scottish Cup um, when it comes I don't think there's been dates um, set yet Alison uh, has no, it but they're certainly no looking dates. to get it played um, you know, sometime in, in, in 2020 yeah, uh, to try and get the semis in the final place. The issue is the fixture backlog already in terms mm-hmm. of trying to fit it in because there are quite a few Scotland games to fit in yeah. as well. You then look at it and think, where do they then, are we going to end up having a Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden on a Wednesday night? Well, every chance, yeah. Yeah, yeah every chance. I don't think they're the... I don't think we're in a situation where we can postpone mm-hmm. the Saturday games and sort of clear the deck. So I, no I, room, I think yeah. you're right. And do you know what? It, it, you know, it could be that you're, you're going Saturday, Monday, Thursday, Sunday. You know, if you're going to play Scottish Cup games at clubs, you'll just need to juggle it a wee bit. You know, you don't know Celtic and European competition. Will they be Champions League, which as you know is a Tuesday or Wednesday? And if it's Europa League, it's going to be uh, a Thursday um, night. So there's all that still to be worked out too. So, you know, for Ian Blair at the SPFL and obviously... Um, for um, for Ian Maxwell and the team at the SFA trying to sort out the, the Scottish Cup it's not an easy task and uh, I take my hat off to, to uh, Ian Blair because he does you know I don't think he gets appreciated certainly football fans don't appreciate you know no, what, what, a, what a fantastic job. job he does but he does really really well Alec I want to ask you something as a Celtic fan a bit of speculation surrounding Chris Iyer AC Milan being mentioned well uh, you know as it as the season ended in the last few weeks, it's it's always been in the in the background. It wouldn't surprise me if Celtic got the money that they're looking for. Now, as a supporter and watching watching the guy, you know, he was steady last season. That was about it. But I think that you know, we Celtic now, if they were to let him go, that's now Christopher Ayer left. That's the Monovic left. Celtic is going to at least lead, at least need three centre halves. And at least out of the three them, one has got to be sheer quality. Uh, I, I, I don't really want that to be happening. Uh, I want to get players in first. Uh, and I was just going to usually we talk about having over bloated squads and, and years gone by. I think that in this season, as, my, as we're touching on, there's going to be a hell of a lot of games. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a, you know, usually you, try, you want to try and keep your loving. But I think that you're going to need to try and utilise the squad to the maximum. And, you know, I think Celtic, I don't even want to be, to be thinking about Ayer leaving, to be honest, Alison, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not this current time. Yeah, Mark, what, what, Chris Ayer being linked with a move to AC Milan. Alex says, you know, he doesn't want to lose him. Christopher Hires seems to be a Celtic player that kind of divides the support mm-hmm. at times. You've got the, the fans like Alec that absolutely no chance, don't sell him, don't get rid of him. But there's other Celtic fans that think, well, you know what? We could maybe get 
somebody better but you look at how much Christopher Iyer has developed yeah. since he came into Celtic um, well I, I, you know unless there's, a, there's something really special in the wings that we don't know about I, I don't think that you know if AC Milan are going to come Christopher I, and buy Christopher mm-hmm. Iyer for, and I've no idea what the price would be I think Celtic would let him go um, cheaply then are you going to replace him with better well, I don't think yeah. you are you know, so why would you let him go you dig your heels in and keep him so I think if you ask again if you ask Neil Lennon would he want to lose Christopher Iyer just now considering as Alex said you know um, Simonovic didn't get a new contract then no I don't think you can um, at, at this stage you know yeah there, there, there's financial um, uh, constraints at the moment and, and, and everybody's uh, feeling it but there's, there's also um, success to be had it's a massive season for, for Neil Lennon and for the players and for the club you know supporters are, are, are buying their, their season tickets they're still paying the, the, the same rate um, as it would be if they were getting into the game so you've got to be mindful um, of that uh, too so you know selling Ayer at the moment no I don't think that's the right move Question on Twitter I would read out your Twitter handle but it's just lots of letters and numbers um, How can you play the Scottish Cup games and you can't finish the league? Scottish football is a total mess Now when you look at the Scottish Cup it's three games Yeah you look at finishing the league, it's far more than three games. Yeah. Um, I can sort of see the point. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't compare, that, as you said, yeah. the, the league to the Scottish Cup. The Scottish Cup can, can happen. They can, they can squeeze it in. But, I, I mean, I've said consistently all along, I didn't agree with the decision to, to end the season um, early. I certainly didn't agree with the decision to, to call it and only to give the clubs 40 hours uh, to vote. I thought that was an absolute joke um, to, for such a major decision. Uh, to do it that way, uh, I think really the, the you know even legally they should have found a way to to hand out some money you know if clubs needed it to keep, to keep themselves going mm-hmm. and try you know for the top flight to try and keep the uh, the league open. Now would we have been able to, to squeeze in eight or nine league games and then get a full season? Probably highly unlikely, but still in my opinion they, they did call it too early. Yeah. Thank you to Alec for his call. I've got Alan in Parkhead now. Hello, Alan. Hi, Alison. Hello. Um, I would just like to say that um, I'm really proud of Scottish football over the last couple of years with some of the players that they've produced, mm. namely Tierney. Tierney's been absolutely outstanding for Arsenal, um, obviously after his injuries. Uh, guys like Andy Robertson, McGinn, Fay Hibbs. I think Scottish football's producing really good players just now. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good ones. Billy Gilmore um, as well. Alan Billy Gilmore. Yep, Except, definitely Gilmore, yeah. Exceptional, you look at you, 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 you know, we're really rich with, with, with central midfield players down the road. There's Scott McTominay, albeit he didn't come through the Scottish mm-hmm. um, system, but he's Scottish. You've got John Fleck, who's, you know, been a standout for Sheffield United. I think he's injured just now, but, um, you know, he's been good and went, went down south and worked his way through the through the leagues there to, to get into the Premiership. So, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of um, really good ones. Uh, you're absolutely right, Andy Robertson being. Been the shining example. Ollie McBurney yep. getting a couple of goals for Sheffield United. Ryan Fraser has been who, who was brilliant last season. This season he's admitted it himself. He's maybe had his eye off the ball uh, with his contractual um, situation. But no, I, I do think we've, we've got some really um, good players. And I've mentioned McBurney, but just, if you're Steve Clark, you're looking you're looking to try and find um, a central defensive partnership and um, a centre forward. You know, I think that's what he's really. I think we're or fairly well off for other positions right back you, you could add you could maybe look, try and look for a wee bit better there but um, yeah Kieran Tierney um, too you look at Kenny McLean at Norwich albeit Norwich of struggle but I think Kenny McLean has had a really really good season 
um, at Norwich. So yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good players down south. Alan, you're absolutely right. Yep, it's it really bodes well for the, the Scotland national team. I think. Um, ah, you're right. Guys... We've been saying that for 22 years. Yep, it's going. It's, it's, going, it's going to come to one of these times. But do you be... sense, Mark, that we are maybe getting this talent now coming through because you you think that there's got to be a a crop that comes. Aye. As you say, every now and again, and it's been twenty odd years, we've got to hope. Although I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. Um, you know, I, I really think that um, that Scotland will beat beat Israel um, at Hamden. Is that October or November? Yeah, October, November. October, November. October. Uh, whenever it is. So, I, I mean, you've got to fancy Scotland um, to win that game. You know, and hopefully by that point, spectators are, are allowed in the ground. So, you know, having fifty thousand at Tatton Army would make a big difference. Beyond that, Serbia and Norway away is a hell of an ask. Difficult, Alison, isn't it? It, it really yeah. is. You know, you know, you look at Norway, Haaland um, up front, and just Serbia. If you have to go um, there, they're always a very, very capable um, side in their own backyard. So, you know, I would. I don't see a problem with Israel, but the second part of it, and albeit it's just a one-off game, and you would never rule Scotland out, and I hope they do it. But you know, I would say, I would say sixty forty against. You know, it really need to produce a. An effort right out of the top drawer. The eleven starting players, really every one of them, playing out their skin. But it can be done. It certainly can be done. And we're as close as we have been now for for, for a number. Yeah. Of years. It's it's going to end at some point. Mm-hmm. And let's hope it's it's this year. Steve Clark wanted a free weekend before that playoff. Obviously, that wasn't possible. But the SPFL have helped yeah. a little bit with the Friday night card. Yeah. Yeah, look, every wee bit helps. Mm-hmm. You know, it just gives the, the players. You know, they can they can go and uh, meet up on the Saturday um, lunchtime. You know, rather than meeting up on the Sunday lunchtime, so it gives them that wee bit of time to prepare. You know, a lot of the work will be, if you like, in a classroom um, work as well in terms of you know tactics and shape and and, and getting ready. So look, it's um, yeah, ideally you'd have a full free weekend, but again, um, it's better than nothing. Every all those wee small percentages they say it all goes into the the bigger picture. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We'll hear from Dundee United's new manager after the travel with Stephen. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Guidi here with me Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard until 7 o'clock tonight I want to hear from Mickey Mellon as he takes over at Dundee United shortly but let's take another call first of all we've got Thomas and Barhead Hello Thomas Good evening Alison uh, I'm listening and reading about the Rangers the template for the, the Rangers signings and the for the forthcoming season mm-hmm. and the positions we need to fill. I find that the Rangers, the current squad, in terms of uh, ability and stuff, is reasonable and needs a uh, topped up in certain positions. However, the one thing that I think we could do with sign, and believe it or not, is possibly a sports psychologist because when I look at the Rangers' nine-in-a-row team and the current Celtic nine-in-a-row team, the one thing that both teams have in abundance is ar- was arrogance. They walk when they walk out of the, the field. If you look at Scott Brown, Goff, Butcher, these guys, the chest is out, the heads up, they're snarling. I watch Rangers coming out every week at Ibrooks. The heads are down, they're round shouldered, they're not intimidating. And by that, I don't mean a forceful or, or a dirty tactics. Just that arrogance, and you know we're here to win a game. They lack a winning mentality. They don't believe they can win, and that was what the both nine in a row teams had. They believed it didn't matter if it was 89 minutes and a goal down, this game's there to be won. And Rangers don't have that at all. We need to get an arrogance into the team. We need a bit of dig in the midfield. It's far too lightweight, you know, in terms of somebody just going in and winning the ball. And that winning mentality. So when we're looking at a template for the for the season coming forward, we need to look at signing winners, 
with cancer, the chest out, brown, the same, head up, we're here to win a game. Don't walk out almost apologetic. And that's how Rangers walk. I hate to say it. That's how they walk out of the park. That's how they line up. Stephen Gerrard did question the players' mentality a few times last yeah. season after that trip to Dubai and mm-hmm. the winter break. Yeah, I, mean, I think Thomas makes a, you know some really good points, and I think with them, you know, I think arrogance and quality kind of come together. You mm-hmm. know, as long as you get the balance right, you know, if you're a quality player, you, you can be arrogant. Um, but again, you know, they, they, they don't come cheaply. You know, it's not an easy thing um, to get. But yeah, you know, I think it's you know you're right when you, when you look at you know. Um, you know Richard Goffs and Andy Gorums and Matt Hatleys and Ali McCoists and Ian Durant's you know all those guys you know they all had exactly what you're talking about you, you're looking now at, at your um, at Scott Browns and, and guys like that mm-hmm. so you can see exactly what you're talking about and, and you know whether Rangers need a sports psychologist or not you know, Stephen Gerrard and his staff would need to uh, address that one but yeah certainly I, I just think um, aye a wee bit that, that kind of Swagger, but you're right. Just a, a, a dominant player. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think Rangers, Thomas. I don't know if you agree, but I think they've got a, you know a decent squad. But in terms of a title-winning squad, I think the first team is you know maybe a couple of first-team ready players to actually go and be a, be a team that's going to win the league. The thing is, I don't think that's the, the the problem individually, player for player. I think the squad is reasonable, and I think with additions or with those same players in another team with other guys doing different jobs. It is a title-winning team, but I don't think they believe they're a title-winning team, and therein lies the problem. I mean, the first bit of the season, they were okay, but it was almost as if when they got to Christmas and they, they beat Celtic, it was almost as if they were scared of heights. You know that feeling you get when you get to the top of the hill or something, you think, whoa. You know, it was almost as if, right, we've done this. Where do we go now? And it was then straight downhill. We were back to... You know the, the lack of belief in one bad result that was all it took basically to to ruin the rest of the season for them because one bad result led to the second the, the belief went mm. the arrogance went and mm. that's where that's what we really need to and I don't know if maybe one or two additions is going to be enough I think we need someone to tr- get a will to win and arrogance into the team more than anything. Yeah, I mean the, 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 squad. The, the, the collapse, as you say, post sort of winter break. The collapse was—I don't think anybody could see see it happening, see it coming. You know, you also had like you know just things off the part that weren't right that Stephen Jenner was clearly angry mm-hmm. about. This doesn't set the right tone, for, you know, for atmosphere and um, about the dressing room as you know the, the way Alfredo Morelos was was, was treating his, his his teammates and treating the club and you know after being given a couple of days off by the management, you know, reporting back late. I think that was ahead of was it the Scottish Cup game at Tynecastle mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So all those could be things as well, Thomas, when you've got things like that going on, that's that that doesn't win your leagues either. That that needs to be stamped out and you need to have good professionals, good teammates in there that you can rely on for the next, you know, 46 weeks, um, you know, to, to get you through it. Because a title, as you know, it's not one way, one victory at Celtic Park, albeit it can go a long way, but you've got to do it um, you've got to do it by winning 33, 34, 35 games out of the 38. That's the only way you become league champions. Thank you to Thomas for his call. Well, Mickey Mellon says he won't be making sweeping changes as he prepares Dundee United for Scottish Premiership football. The new manager says taking over at Tannadise was too good an opportunity to turn down and says he's impressed with the squad he's taking over. First and foremost, I've got to remember I've got the champions. So they're doing an awful lot right. So there's a, there's a lot of good footballers here. I'm involved in a transition, so we're going to be going up a division. 
We're in a unique sort of situation at the minute where we're going to play pre-season friendlies against the teams that I'm going to play for points in a couple of weeks, which is quite unique. So that's going to be good for me because I'm very quickly going to be able to see a group of players against the teams that we're going to have to do well against on a football pitch. So every day in training and as we move along, I'll have to make decisions on the team. And then in the games, we'll be able to see it with our own eyes where we believe that we might need to strengthen or maybe where we might not. So it's a great opportunity for the, the players. But I can assure everybody that I have the ability here from the, the football club that if need be, we can, we can bring people in to strengthen the group to get a better chance of winning games of football. But there's no rush for me in doing that because, as I say, I have to respect the group here. He spoke very well today, Mark. He says, you know, he wants to respect that group. He was asked about Lauren Shankland and holding on to him. He says, you know, it's right that you mention him. He's a great player. He says, but you'll be surprised at how many great players I've got in here. He mentioned the younger players that he actually wasn't aware of uh-huh. as much until he until he took over. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been lined up for the job for a couple of days now, so he's, he's clearly been working hard, assessing his squad, we're doing all his homework, and been watching DVDs, you know, Scout, all the different things that's happening to the... His contacts up here, because as much as he's been down south for for thirty years, you know he is a he's a Glasgow boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and he said that he's inheriting players that have won a division. They, they they should be fairly confident, but you know I think you know you know anything above eighth place or than United would be a major achievement. With the greatest respect to them, you would expect them to probably be in the round bottom four. That's where you tend to find most clubs that just come up and they're, and uh-huh. they're finding their feet unless something spectacular happens or three or four other cl- uh, clubs collapse. So. Um, it's about survival and then trying to get up there there's a, there's a good nucleus of a home support um, there um, at Tyadai so a lot of things um, for, for uh, Mickey Mellon uh, to be excited about and um, you know getting to work in the in Scotland's uh, top flight I'm sure he'll be absolutely thrilled at looking forward to playing against Rangers to playing against Celtic to going to Petaudry, um Easter Road all those kind of places he's not experienced that as a player or as a manager yeah. so it'll be really really excited he seems a, a no-nonsense guy, he said today on the media conference. You'll know when I'm happy, you'll know when I'm angry, he says, but I'm not going to go in there straight away and just hurl things at the players and yeah. say you need to do this, 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 this and this. He said, I need to you know, slowly adapt mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like well, we know he's going to be good for copy. You know, you're know, you going to get some mm-hmm. good interviews off him at five o'clock. And a Saturday in your, in your, your pre-match stuff So I, I think very much you know What you see is what you get uh, with him I don't think he'll mince um, his words So yeah for that point it'll be good But you know most importantly uh, For Dundee United They lost a really good manager And Robbie Nielsen, Lee McCulloch I think it's Lee away now He's away, yeah, um, the man, yeah. As well so, But they've, they've, they've brought in Somebody with a really good CV Somebody that, that's worked very very well Over a number of years um, down south and will be absolutely desperate to come up to Scotland and make his mark. He mentioned these pre-season friendlies and they'll be against teams that they're going to play in a few weeks mm-hmm. competitively. A few clubs have set up pre-season friendlies for this weekend mm-hmm. but they're still waiting to be told yes you can, can play them. They, they don't know. They've got them all set up in principle. Yeah. I know Kilmarnock have got one, Dundee United, Motherwell, they've, they've all mm-hmm. planned them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's you know it's just uh, part of the problem and you know I'm not making excuses for it but, but the, the only thing that you can say Alison is the 12 teams are all in the, in the same boat okay I know that Celtic and Rangers are going out to play yeah. um, in, in France and stuff like that but but you know the other 10 they're all in the same situation it's not like there's only you know there's 8 of them playing games and 2 are they're allowed to or, or whatever so um, from that point of view at least it's a, it's a, it's a level playing field 
couple of teams making signings today as well. Kilmarnock making their second summer signing midfielder Mitch Pinnock joining on a one-year deal after leaving Wimbledon. Right, OK. So which position? He's a midfielder. Midfielder. So, yeah, um, in there, I mean, I think Kilmarnock are strong, um, you know, centre midfield. You know, I think that uh, Gary Dicker and, and, and Alan Power are a, are a terrific um, holding partnership in there. They're real... Kind of heartbeat of the of the commander team, the success that they've had for the past two or three um, seasons. But it's just good to see teams, you know, for Alex Dyer to strengthen mm-hmm. his squad. You know, that's what all managers want to do at this time of the season. Try and get a few bodies in um, as quickly as you can to integrate with it with the squad. Get to know your strengths and weaknesses. What you need to work on so that you're ready for August the 1st. A couple of signings for Livingston today. Defender Jack Fitzwater has joined an attacker, Maciej Poplatnik both signing up for the new season I think that's how you say it Yep and again you know for, for Gary Holt we'll just be pleased to, to get bodies through the door give you three and a half weeks to go um, and, and work with them I'm sure he, he's done his homework on them the, the, the scouting staff so you know they'll just be there to go and to go and hopefully add a bit of quality to, to the Livingston team but you know you know, regardless of who they're bringing in you, you'll need to do well to get in that Livingston team yep. you know when you look at what they've achieved for for two seasons, they're, they're, they're not a flash in the pan and, uh, you know, Gary Holt proven to be, a, you know, a first-class manager. Livingston were the surprise package last season. They finished fifth and just what you've been saying about Dundee United for a club that's just coming up, mm-hmm. you expect them to maybe struggle a wee, a, a wee bit more than that and they they got their results early on. Yeah, um, you know, Livingston, you know, managed to get, get themselves a nice wee bit of distance between um, them and the, and the kind of bottom uh, two or three clubs and if Dundee United could get that, they would take it. Uh, all day long when they kick off the season with a, with a home game uh, to St Johnston that'll be a cracker um, the Tayside Derby up there so um, yeah it'll be interesting but for Livy if Gary Holt can get that kind of performances out of his players every week he'll be delighted that's it for tonight thank you for your calls thank you to you for listening I'll be back tomorrow night with Gordon DL Callum Gallagher's up next <laughs>